Welcome back to another episode of the Scotty Football Podcast. So sorry that we missed you last week. I was driving around Australia. It's almost the same distance as Glasgow to the North Pole. And as we've just discovered, Halifax, Nova Scotia. Anthony is north of the river in Perth and joins me this evening. Great to hear you. How are you, Richard? I'm well. Um, good to have you back on the airways. The uh, the old Wi-Fi wasn't working in Outback Australia. Um, did you see any kangaroos or any other native wildlife? Do you know what we did? Uh, most of them were dead. We saw some dingoes on the Nullarbor, which I actually have to say, uh, the Nullarbor, um, for those of you who are not acquainted, is the most boring stretch of <laughs> road in the world. I could have told um, you that. Only, yeah, I know. But only, only um, comparable with the, the stretch of road that goes from the, the, the northeastern part of South Australia into New South Wales. Wow, that was incredibly boring too. So yeah, most of the wildlife we saw was a bit dead. We saw lots of ostriches actually. No, sorry, emus in um, in uh, in New South Wales, which was fun. Like kind of wandering by the side of the road. Um, but most of the kangaroos, I'm afraid, yeah, crepuscular animals. They were they're all kind of pan breed indeed. But we're here to talk about the football. Um, I actually have been managing to catch up on it on the route, which is a wonderful thing about like driving for long distances you get two hours to watch the football and uh, with very good internet connections most of the way across the country um, with a large expanse of nothing in the middle wonderful to see St Johnson winning their first league cup Uh, Rangers are back yes they are Um, we'll start with the league cup because obviously we are doing it in chronological order not to overshadow Stephen Gerrard's success uh, but Cam Davison won their winners. Uh, Sean Rooney, first half, the goal. Um, it's a pretty dull game, eh? And it was pretty dull. Uh, not one for the, not really one for the neutral sporter, but um, a shame, obviously, for St. Johnson fans not being able to be there to see it. Uh, and in fairness, on form, still going well in the league, and Livingston on a, a real slide. So you know, it went, it went, it went along the line of trends. And uh, like I said before, what we said beforehand, had the game been played about a month ago. You just said, you know, Livy were probably the form team, but definitely that has definitely changed. Um, you so. understood it so much because I think it's such a massive thing for St. Johnson fans. I know absolutely. it is. And, and and they're absolutely delighted that it's gone as well as it's gone. And also that quite a few guys who have made their way through player development and so on and so forth. I don't know if you heard uh, on BBC Scotland uh, over the past week, you know, people talking very warmly about the setup at St. Johnson and how people don't want to leave the club, regardless of how, you know, contractual terms might be offered elsewhere or or or, or other clubs in Scotland might be looking to play their guys. There are a lot of St. Johnson guys who've been there for a long time. And there are quite a few St. Johnson, like David Rotherspoon, Stevie May, who've been there for a long time through development clubs and who will look to have their their testimonials and we've been talking about them in in very warm terms on this podcast since the beginning of the season because we saw the quality of the football that they were playing um, and it's just really nice to see that actually they they managed to kind of pull through in one of the probably trickier tournaments it's probably a shame that they didn't make the top six Um, I've just had a look they're like two points obviously not going to make it now before the split but um, but you know as a you know they'll definitely the best of the rest um but yeah so i should say like, i think if they just claimed it at the top six that would have been like that they would have ticked every single box that 
you know, that you possibly could have hoped for this season. Yeah. But silverware is silverware. And up until the weekend, they were the second most successful team in Scotland in the last decade of trophies. Um, <laughs> That's amazing, isn't it? Well, it's a racist statistic, but uh, obviously, um, let's turn our attention to the uh, the blue side of Glasgow. Um, yeah, Rangers. So, so, so I mean, congratulations! You know, I mean, really, they, they've been. I mean, we've said this so many times. There's so much quality. They have been far away the best team, and they're also doing really well in the Europa League. But, uh, they're playing Slavia Prague later this week. Uh, I, there's much to admire. I've really enjoyed watching. Many, many aspects of what they've done. Joe Rebo's driving midfield play, Ryan Kent's, uh, Tavernier from like nowhere, really. I mean, they're, they're just a decent outfit. Yeah, now look, I think, um, you know, the, the, there's been a few things that have happened. So Stephen Gerrard came in sort of three, effectively three seasons ago, um, and just he was given time. You know, the first two seasons, no silverware. False on last season. They thought they were, they thought they'd won it at Celtic Park at the New Year's Eve or whenever it was, and then fell in a hole. Um, but he was given time, and he the eye was on the prize. It was to stop ten. It was to obviously get Rangers fifty fifth trophy, um, league trophy, and uh, they've achieved that. Um, so the, the, that that's definitely the board had a bit of foresight there. So fair play to them for not getting itchy trigger fingers and. And getting rid of him too soon. Steven Gerrard's learned from his mistakes. He's a rookie manager, so he was coaching the under 19s or whatever at Liverpool, but effectively a rookie manager. First season, throwing his players under the bus in press conferences, um, making, you know, not making substitutions quickly enough. There's just things that you're thinking, gee, you'll learn from that and you'll learn from that. And sure enough, he has. And then do, you the think biggest- that, do you think they were a good enough team at that time then? Do you think that they were actually a good enough team that he, if, if he wasn't making those errors? I think, that, and this is the thing about it, is that you have experience as a coach. And so therefore you could be able to have a look and say, well, you know, I might not have done it as quickly as that. Does, does that ring true or not? I don't think he had the squad of players when he first came in. So it was not just him making mistakes, but what I'm saying is the important thing for Rangers fans and for Steven Gerrard is that he he didn't make the same mistake twice. He he, he learned his lesson and went, I'm not doing that again. And his biggest mistake last season was celebrating like a madman at Celtic Park in front of the cameras. Yes, this I, season, I completely agree. Completely this season, agree. The, the bit's been between the teeth every week and it's on to the next game, on to the next game, on to the next game. And that's all it's been all season. And you have to take your hat off and say, like, they could have, you know, oh, well, you know, like, oh, you know, we're doing it they ahead of ourselves. But they were just focused. And and in fairness, that, that's been the biggest thing this season is that they're just being relentless in terms of the performance. It's not always been pretty, but they've just managed to grind out the results. They signed well in the summer. So Tim Aruf, good signing. Cedric Eaton, solid signing. And Alfredo Morelos, first half of the season, very iffy. Second half of the season has contributed with link-up play, particularly in Europe. So not really scoring that many goals, but being that focal point and bringing the other players in. And then the likes of Kent, um, just big games stepping up, especially in the last few European matches. He's really lifted a lifted a gear. And as you previously mentioned, Joe Rebo, um, and then lastly, the other thing, the other two more things I just want to quickly say, because I want to get this off my chest, is that injury-wise, they, they've, they've, they've done well there. They've, they've been quite, I wouldn't say lucky, but they've managed their injuries or the lack of injuries really well. The only one that's really missed a fair chunk of the season has been Ryan Jack. Um, so they've managed to cover that with Stephen Davis and other players. Uh, and lastly, 
you know, they've not been under intense pressure in the league this season. That's not their fault. No. That's not their fault. That's Celtic dropping the ball in, in their court. But, you know, it just, it, we'll never know. We'll never know what would have happened. But all I'm saying is that, you know, their own fans weren't in the stadium either, putting any pressure on them either. So they had a, a nice, good run at it. They can only play who they're playing and win when they win. That's That's part and parcel of it. But I just think it would have been, it would have been an interesting thing to obviously have it go a bit closer than before the split. But here we are. But what I would say, though, is that they've actually replicated that form in Europe against teams who have that kind of safety net of, you know, whatever they do in Europe too. And so therefore, from my point of view, they're good enough. They have absolutely demonstrated that they are the best team in Scotland by a country mile this year no question um but they're also challenging in europe i'm really interested to see how they go against slavia prague they beat celtic home and away as you know um by by, absolutely dropped celtic home and away that was one of the kind of one of the the big kind of q and a things i think for celtic fans through the season has been you know they got absolutely pupped by you know teams that that on paper at that particular point would have looked weaker but Rangers now playing Slavia Prague, beaten 4-1, home and away, if I recollect correctly. So that's going to be really interesting. I think that Rangers have been absolutely brilliant in Europe. And that's been, for me, the most exciting thing about this whole equation is that they have acquitted themselves as well on that stage. Okay, they've conceded more goals, but they're playing better teams. But they have also won games, like Antwerp in particular, You know, they, they absolutely smashed them. Yeah, no, look, um, definitely the, the European performances the first two seasons were the glimmer of hope and the sort of signs that it was getting better under Steven Gerrard and that the improvements were there. So it was always the old thing, oh, until you win a trophy, you haven't won anything. But the European campaigns were strong in the first two seasons. And I think that's going to be one of the main reasons why Steven Gerrard will stay next year because he'll want to experience the Champions League as a manager. Um, so before he goes rushing off to... You know, potentially mid-table English Premier League obscurity. Um, he'll he'll want to have a taste of the Champions League. So I actually think he will. You know, he'll be at Rangers next season. I mean, I, yeah, I apparently I, Jurgen I, Klopp, I, un- unbelievable to nah, think Jurgen Klopp under him. It's ridiculous. I mean, they're last time what like they've lost a six home game or something like that this week. We can is Fulham, but you know, I just can't see it. I mean, the guy, the guys aren't time to to turn it around and 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 you know, rejig it and you know, he's probably over reliant on Virgil van Dyke. You know, you know, this he's probably realized that he, you know, he he did stuff up there. But this isn't an English football podcast, Richard. It's a, a Scottish yeah, football know, podcast. So no, delighted to hear that uh, St. Johnson, <laughs> I was so happy for them and really an amazing achievement. Livy, they have kind of lost their way a wee bit. The league's got quite interesting, that kind of top six, bottom six thing, because things are beginning to equalize out. There's so many games being played. So what caught your eye, actually, more than anything else? Because I think that always when we well, catch up after a fortnight, there's lots of goals. That absolutely. Think, oh, that good, uh, yeah. uh, <laughs> good point. Good point, Richard. We won't cover everything, but we'll cover the things that caught our eyes. So there was a pretty terrible decision. Um, uh, Rangers 1-0 win against Livingston. Alfredo Morales got booked for 
for simulation uh, when the, the goalkeeper cleaned him up. And uh, halftime, uh, Stevie G didn't take that terribly well and uh, was sent to the stands for the second half and received a one-match ban, a touchline ban What do you think? That. I mean, it was, it was a tot- totally obvious penalty, wasn't it? It was. I mean, it was contact was clearly made. And yeah, I, I just... John Beaton just clearly <laughs> it's just the standard refereeing in this in, in, in Scotland you just see it from time to time they're just not quite up with it up with, up with play or just seem to see something completely different so let's talk about conspiracy theories then because you know you and I have both seen really dodgy decisions in lower league games and that's one of the great things about this podcast is that we've actually watched quite a lot of games between teams that we might not necessarily watch and looked at it and thought you know what that was really a terrible decision. Hamilton against Hibbs, the kind of sending off, uh, you know, a whole kind of bunch of minor stuff that you would have thought, like, that's nothing. But Alfredo Morelos and Stevie G is magnified. So, you know, is, is the refereeing really that bad or does it just even out over a season? Well, I mean, the, the argument always is that it evens out over a season, but Rangers still haven't conceded a penalty this year. Uh, <laughs> um, but look, <laughs> I mean, it, it, look, it's it, it's um, yeah, he did, he did, you know, Stephen Johnson deserves his red card. That is the best. It's really, if they not, not they one, no, nah. oh my not god. Um, anyway, but you know, he um, yeah, he deserved it. He, he, yeah, the referee got it wrong, but I mean, you can't go up and slag the officials. That's just not how it's done. But anyway, I'm not really sucking into that because you know they've just won the league, so I'm not going to sit here and slag him off. The other game that really caught my eye was the three-two Ross County versus Kilmarnock. So Kilmarnock yeah, went one 0 up with uh, big Kyle Lafferty getting on the door sheet, um, and then and then the uh, Ross County equalised Billy McKay, I think, just before half time. Uh, and I think the Ross Trail will do well to hold hold on to him um, yeah, end, yeah, past the end of the season. Well. He's a he's a he looks like a goal scorer. Yeah. Um, but Kelly, that same now one draw in the last six games. They're bottom. They are bottom. Uh, and then the only team with worse well, with the same form as that is actually Livingston. And if you actually factor in Livingston's uh, cup loss, it's actually. They've got the worst form, but if we're just talking about league, it's equal, equal, equally bad. Uh, just see if I can find the table that I've got. They yeah, lost their way. No, the table is like the yeah. Comarca bottom 25, Hamilton or 11th, 26. Uh, Ross County have got themselves a wee bit of breathing space, 29 playing the same games as Hamilton. Mother won 32 games, uh, 35 points. It's pretty close, actually. United and, and St. Johnson just above them. United, I actually was hoping we're going to be you know, well into kind of uh, mid-table obscurity, but St. Mirren are in 39, and I don't think that's going to be trumped, actually. In fact, it's not going to happen. I think they've got one more game before the split. Uh, Livingston have got two games before the split, so, um, yeah. So the other thing I was just trying to say was um, the, the the team with the third worst form guide is actually Aberdeen, and we'll get on to talking about Derek McInnes in a second, but in the last six games, they've only managed five points, um, and that draw against Hamilton Atties on the weekend where they seem to have like a lot of the um you know a lot of chances. I think Hamilton has some chances that are in the second half. Um that was enough for him to call it quits. And I think definitely the relationship between him and Dave Cormack, the uh the the chief executive of Aberdeen, um disintegrated to the point where it could no longer continue him and Tony Doherty depart by mutual consent. 
Why do you think that happened? Do you think that's money? I think there's, I think, I think he, Stuart Milne was the previous CEO or previous owner. Um, They, he got on really well with Derek. So I think Derek pretty much got his way whenever, you know, within reason, obviously, but, you know, basically I want this player and Stuart Milne sort of made it happen. Whereas I think with Dave Tormat's team, he's coming with his own ideas. He's American, so he's like you know he's used to franchise football. He's associated with the Atlanta outfit over in in the MLS, Gee. and I just think that there's just a difference in style, and I think that's what started it. This last transfer window that we talked about, and I sort of flagged it and said he'll lucky to see the rest of the season because I don't think I think they'll part ways, and obviously they've parted ways now. But you know, selling players in the last game of the season, uh, sorry, the last the last day of the window and then not be able to bring replacements in or the replacements they bring in all being yeah, sort of like and they players were important players as well like you know there were, there were guys that were scoring goals so yeah and you know so he's not seeing the, he wasn't seeing the money for some of the the, the, the trans like the transfers so Scott McKenna went they didn't really get much money out of that and then big obviously big Cosgrove went didn't get much money out of that so I think he feels that he's not getting the support and I think you know he's trying to pull a rabbit out of his hat every season to finish thirds um or you know third fourth and uh you know it's just on one hand it's the whole itchy finger thing because again he's been there eight eight years so fans are not really a bit like oh a bit fed up with this that the the style of football is not great but all i'm going to say is be careful for what you wish for because you know aberdeen are gonna you know it's gonna be i think they're gonna they're gonna find themselves you know, to, to, Who, who's who's going to be the next guy who's going to come along? I, and, and that's the thing about it is that I think that um, we've both heard you know folk like Derek Ferguson talking about um, his son who plays for yeah, Aberdeen, and we'll remember him as the great guy that Derek Ferguson was in the, in the times of big wages in Scottish football. That that the, the, the wages are not massive. Um, you know, what they'll be on a, a basic fifty grand. You know. Fifty thousand pounds per year, but it will be you know topped up by appearances and 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 scoring goals and so on and so forth, which might top up to something very attractive. That's actually going to be really interesting wash through from the pandemic, as we spoke about a couple of weeks ago. French football in a huge financial hole. Um, Canal Plus, the the big subscribing channel there, has lost loads of subscribers. Um, they were the Uber Eats French League. I mean, geez, I'm frankly demeaning. Um, you know, how's that going to rebuild? And I think that there's going to be a, a reset of sorts. Um, I hope a reset of sorts across boundaries. Um, speaking of which, actually, I watched past, uh, walked past the, uh, the the rebuild of the new Allianz Stadium or the um, at Sydney Cricket Ground today. They're they're building one of the new stadiums for the the Women's World Cup in 2023, uh, and, and it takes us on to another track altogether because uh, the women's football. Uh, has been going on. They've been qualifying for uh, the, 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 that particular World Cup. And Scotland did quite well against Cyprus. Um, I don't know if you actually got a chance to see it, but they won 10 0. Yeah, but then they didn't qualify because they were already either out the tournament or um, the games after that knocked them out. So oh. they're, on the, they're on the search for a new manager. So, and I think we could probably get a team together to beat. Um, 
Cyprus, you reckon? Be Cyprus, I think. Do you reckon you could beat Cyprus? Or uh... um, anyway, um, but yeah, so you've, you've totally thrown me a curveball here, Richard, because we did sort of find this. That's all right. Um, so Shelley Chelsea departed. There was all issues with her uh, drinking when she was at the World Cup, and that, that started the rot there. So I wasn't surprised when she departed the post. So they are currently looking for a replacement. And I think Leanne Crichton, who's recently retired from international football and has copped some, uh, sadly copped some abuse online, for her appearance and things like that, which is totally not on. We're just past uh, International Women's Day, and I find those sorts of comments really, really pathetic. It's like, you know, as you say, judge me on my, my, my commentary and my punditry. Don't judge me on how I look and things like that, which, you know. So she sort of said that it's important for them to find a manager as soon as possible because obviously in the women's game, um, a lot of women have to plan around starting families um, yeah. and they need to know if they're going to be part of the manager's plans going forward so when you've got women in their early 30s they've got to decide are they going to stay around for another campaign or is this you know or are they going to bow out now and retire so that gives the next generation a chance to to get started so because i think the next lot of games now are the next world cup qualifiers so which they is, really have which to. Is, they really have to hit the ground. ground the Australian New Zealand tournament, and yeah, no, look, I, I, I forgive me for you know that they they had already lost because Finland and Portugal were well ahead of them in, in the kind of qualifying. But yeah, you're right. I mean, I think that that's the interesting thing from my point of view is like kind of wandering past those stadiums and and knowing that it's going to be here quite soon. It gives a real kind of resonance to uh, the kind of Scozzi connection and uh, i'm really excited to think that, that the women will be here and, and and hopefully pandemic allowing there'll be people allowed in their uh in their 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 tart and and perhaps even some bagpipes god forbid anyway uh, going back to the league uh it's good to see that lower leagues have been allowed to play again they've not got much more time to get their games knocked out what have you thought about anything that you've seen in the lower leagues that might be pivoting into what we're going to see next season for for the Premiership? Well, I think Hearts are going to do it, aren't they? I, I, I haven't really. Oh, checked well, clear, well yeah. clear. So I mean, so Hearts are you know big club. You know they they have ambitions to you know be the top half of the top six. You know straight away they've got the finances. So you know this is this is where like Aberdeen. I'm thinking, you know, they're, they're really going to have their work cut out for them because, like you say, if they're not paying massive wages, then you know where's the appeal? So a lot of that lies on a new manager. So I believe the current um, the current British favourite is Stephen Glass, who's actually the reserve coach or assistant manager at um, Atlanta uh, over in the MLS. This is this is Dave Cormack's link. So this is what the the, ah. the, the top. So we'll see whether that pans out. Um, Neil Lennon's name's been thrown in the mix. Uh, stranger things have happened. Um, you know, could could uh, could Derek McInnes come to Celtic and Neil Lennon go to Aberdeen? Could that happen? Oh, just Derek McInnes, a Celtic manager, mm. being cra- what, what, what what with his pool room and uh, and and his snooker table decorated with all the shirts that he born for Rangers <laughs> over the years probably not anyway, that, um, probably, I, probably not yes probably not. 
So the games go on Saturday the 13th of March, so this coming weekend, Livingston playing Hamilton Aches, and uh, we've got a great track record now predicting things that don't happen, so I think anyone who has a betting pedigree, I think this is going to be Hamilton. Actually, I think Livy are having a terrible run, and Hamilton will want to make some distance between themselves and Kelly. Yeah, I mean Hamilton definitely capable of a, of a win here. Um, that you know they obviously de- they desperately desperately need it just to keep their head above head above water. Um, Livingston's you know their form is not really sort of <laughs> turned around. So I mean that's a perfect opportunity to to turn it around. So uh, what is that just, form then, Livingston? Like you've looked at it. So the the loss, so, loss, so, sorry, loss, so loss. It, so Livingston, Livingston's last six games in the league have been apologies. I, I know this wrong. I said they were all losses and draws, but the last the sixth game, well, the game six games ago was a win, followed by loss, loss, draw, loss, loss. So they've only picked up four points in the last six games. I'm going to take um, Hamilton. So it's quite, quite, quite dire. Whereas if you look at Hamilton, they're the draw masters: draw, win, draw, loss, draw, draw. So. Um, so yeah, so yeah, you probably you probably maybe think that this game's going to end up in a draw. So I'll, I'll take a draw. <laughs> Jolly good. Ross County Hibs. Uh, lovely to see Mullerwell um, bouncing back and actually really playing quite well against Hibs. Um, but Ross County Hibs, that's quite tasty. Lots of things and lots of levels. Ross County playing quite well. Aberdeen in managerial flux. Oh, this is actually a. T- I'm going to take Hibs. Yeah, I mean, this is Hibs' chance to sort of re-establish that sort of six six point buffer over Aberdeen um, in the league to sort of secure that third spot. So it's definitely there for the taking. Underestimate Ross County at your peril, however, because they're definitely capable of pinching a result. So I'm going to say Hibs, but not with not with great confidence because they're 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 patchy. They can be patchy as well. So it's it really just depends on. You know, the old who scores the first goal, I think, will uh, we'll, we'll take it home. But I'll, I'll say Hibs. So biggest game this week really is Slavia Prague against Rangers. Uh, and that's on Thursday night in Europa. Uh, Wednesday, sorry, Friday morning uh, here in Australia land. I'm really interested to see how that goes. Slavia Prague going very well. Uh, what have you seen about them? Oh, just in terms of the form, I mean, they're... 10 games unbeaten in all competitions uh, and seven wins, three draws. And one of those was against Leicester at home. And then they went and beat them 2-0 away from home. So no mugs. Brendan Rodgers, Leicester. At the, start, at the start, well, yeah, at the start, the Brendan Rodgers, Leicester. At the start of the season, um, when Celt- they beat Celtic, it was sort of like, oh, well, who, who you know, it's Czechoslovakian team, who are these? Who's this lot? But they smashed got, them. They smashed them four, what, was four one, and and that was. I remember us talking about this because I think that their league had been suspended and they, they weren't yes. actually allowed or able to yes. play. Yes. And this is the thing, like they're no mugs. Like they're 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 fourteen points clear in their league in, in, in the Czech Czech Premier Division. So I mean, they're, they're, this will be a stern test for for Rangers, but it should be a good, you know, it should be two interesting ties. Definitely winnable by Rangers, but it's going to be, yeah, it's, it should should be a really competitive competitive ties. What if Rangers win the Europa League? Where does that leave us? We'll have to probably answer this question in another podcast, but if they win the Europa League, does that get us another kind of qualifying place? That could, for example, Aberdeen in fourth place and Hibs get into the Champions League 
<laughs> you can only dream, but I don't think that's how it works somehow. Some financier in Milan is already quaking in his boots thinking about it. So as long as we do better than the Ukrainers, and so, as long as we, we do better than the Ukrainian teams, I think that's what we have oh, to focus total total on. Friggin' fix. Anyway, my final thoughts for this week are I'm so delighted for St. Johnson. It's such a, such a great thing. I, do you know... One of the, the 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 things, the great joys of doing this as the Scozzi podcast is that we actually get to see and watch so much of the other teams that we wouldn't normally watch, actually. I watch lots of London United, I watch lots of Celtic, I watch lots of Hibs. But it was brilliant, brilliant to see them winning and, and the joy that that will bring. I'm so sad that, that, their, that their fans couldn't be in the stadium. And I think that from a, a kind of perspective of... of um, a football fan that's the biggest thing but however they've won and that's wonderful so congratulations to them but congratulations to rangers and also all my pals who listen to this and who are rangers fans because you know they have been by far the exceptional team in scotland this year my final thoughts um we're both health professionals so we talk about covid a lot in terms of you know the risk to life and you know how lockdowns are very restrictive and, and put a lot of pressure on people both financially and you know socially isolating and, and and making things hard so it was particularly disturbing obviously seeing tens of thousands of ranger supporters in glasgow this weekend uh, floating uh the social distancing rules and breaking the, the 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 rules that covid have in place so not wearing masks and being you know basically on top of one another um the um Deputy First Minister um, John Swinney uh, criticised Rangers for a lack of leadership, particularly around trying to disperse the crowds. So there's a bit of an argument as to is it Rangers' responsibility, but the one thing I would point out is that when all this was going on and there was thousands of people around the stadium and in Glasgow, Greater Glasgow Central, um, the only tweets that were coming out of Rangers were, you know, we're champions and we're winning and all the rest of it. I think a couple of tweets along the lines of, you know, you really need to be celebrating from home. Um, you know, maybe a message from Stephen Gerrard himself just to say, look, I realize that this is a lot of pent up, you know, excitement, you know, frustration, whatever you want to call it. But um, I just kind of feel that, you know, they, they didn't quite hammer the message home that, you know, people really shouldn't be doing what they were doing. And I say, don't I take it away from them? Like, you know, they, they've Rangers won at fair and square and were definitely the best team in Scotland this year. But, you know, I'm just worried that this might have consequences in terms of longer lockdowns in Scotland and a surge in cases. Hopefully it's not, but still, you know, I think we have to remember, unfortunately, until everyone gets vaccinated, we're still in a, a precarious situation, particularly in certain parts of the world where it's still running pretty rampant. On that cheery note. <laughs> yeah, on that cheery note, though, I have to look at that. So if you get the opportunity, get the jab um, this will all be over before very long um, Anthony, absolute joy having a blather again um, we'll speak again in a week or so we certainly will, thanks Richard cheers, cheers. cheers.